welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. Did you know that there's a reason that homemade chicken soup is a first line of defense in an illness and that it's served in hospitals? Though unfortunately, a lot of hospitals have switched to the artificial MSG-infused version. But broth or stock has a long history as a nourishing superfood that supports joint health, skin and hair and nail strength, gut health, illness recovery, and so much more. But we've lost this traditional food in our culture. Today's guest and I are here to talk about why we need to make this superfood popular again. Chef Lance Roll has been a professional chef for 25 years. He's the owner and president of The Flavor Chef, which was founded in 2007. It's an organic catering company and farm-to-table um, company and brothery that uses only local and organic ingredients and sustainable food products. And I've had the pleasure of eating his cooking before, and it's also absolutely delicious. So, Chef Lance, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Katie. I'm so excited to talk to your audience today about this amazing product I've been making and dreaming about for a long time. Yeah, well, and I'd love to jump in with that because I know I became a huge fan of broth when we um, did the GAPS protocol and and reversed my son's dairy allergy, but I'd love to hear your story of how you got into broth. Sure. Um, You know, 25 years of cooking led up to about 2007, uh, started in 1988, and in 2007, I was uh, introduced, I left the formal professional side of the business. I was teaching culinary and I began my own business. I became an entrepreneur at that point. I was introduced, um, fortunately, I was introduced to a man named Paul Check, who is uh, my uh, one of my mentors and the Czech Institute out here in Vista, California. And, you know, Paul was a big proponent of the WAPF, uh, Weston A. Price Foundation, nourishing traditions and the diet that we followed basically before World War One, the diet his, our great grandmothers and grandfathers ate um, prior to the introduction of processed foods. Um, Weston A. Price was a dentist who uh, went around in the 1930s studying traditional cultures and discovering that when they were introduced to what we would call, consider the SAD diet of today, they um, would physically degenerate. Um, his book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, has been popular and, of course, sold by the Weston A. Price Foundation, goes into many details about that. The long story short there, Katie, is um, I met after 18 years of solid uh, high-end experience, uh, nurturing my God-given ability. Um, you know, God gives many gifts to people, and my gift was cooking and flavors, and um, just my art is in food and culinary arts, and I've been blessed with that. And turn that into an organic, locally sourced, um, real food um, type of movement. It was the beginning. I mean, I feel like it was sort of already there, but the real food movement was just getting its feet on the ground. And uh, the WA, the West Day Price Foundation has always been there. So I got a hold of Nourishing Tradition, Sally Fallon's first book, and just started tearing through it and changing the way I cooked. I started cooking for Paul Check in the Czech Institute, and I was quickly introduced to uh, bone broth. And the idea that this broth I've been making, this stock I've been making for years, has incredible health benefits that go well beyond the delicious addition to your diet and your food um, into so many other things. Um, in particular, I was uh, doing a lot of transformation in 2007, and on a particular on, a, on a November 11th of 2007. 11, 11, 07, I literally got a download from 
from above. And I'll just say that uh, in terms of God and my relationship with spirit and the world. And that was a, to bring bone, this product that I have now to market. And I literally just went home. I wrote down a bunch of notes about how I could do it. I was getting all this inspiration. And I called my buddy on the phone. I said, hey, I got to bring this uh, product to market. So I started making it and researching it and just started finding more and more information about the, the benefits of this product and searching the Internet, finding articles from 2005 from Townsend Newsletter and um, all the different things that were out there and started making it for my clients on a regular basis. Um, I was inspired again by the uh, Weston A. Price leader out here, Kim Schutte, uh, to around 2011, this is three, four years later now, uh, to make the product for her clients. So I literally started putting it in containers and there was a whole process of finding labels and getting all that stuff going. And then in early 2012, I was, uh, you know, wanting to bring this to retail market. So I did the investigation. I got my kitchen certified by the state of California to uh, to be legal to produce food with the correct label, nutrition facts label, all the things that go into that. And in April of 2012, I started selling broth locally in stores um, in here in San Diego. Uh, literally, uh, again, just kind of entrepreneurship, just learning as I go. Um, and through that year, I met a gal named Krista Arecchio, who was uh, one of my food clients out here. I'm sure you know Krista. And uh, she was... Uh, introduced me to a guy named Sean Croxton, who's an underground wellness and a good friend of both of ours as well. And in October of that year, we did a podcast similar to this, talking about bone broth and the benefits of bone broth. And we ended up uh, getting inundated with calls to ship our product around the country. And so in January of 2013, we opened up the com, and uh, it was literally just our shipping site. And uh, we figured out how to get the product from the kettle to temperature very quickly so it stays cold and uh, get it safely into containers and ship it frozen around the country. And uh, we've grown that tremendously the last couple of years. We literally, and then of course we've grown our local retail business as well. Uh, we've perfected our product and uh, we love it. It's genuine chicken bone broths and it's uh, some of the big news here. I'll make my first public announcement. We have we have started the process to get organic certified. So our product already is 100% organic, and we are now using one of the organic certifiers out here to um, get our product with the USDA organic symbol on it. That's awesome. I, and as I said, I had your broth myself, and I can attest to how good it is. Um, and and that's amazing that you chose to announce here that it's going to be certified organic as well. That's wonderful. Um, and as you and I are both so much on the same page about the benefits of broth and the amazing things it can do for your health. So let's delve into that. What are some of the things that you have seen broth do for people and for their health and for their vitality and just all aspects of their life? Well, you know, Katie, we just I wanted to mention as well that this uh, new book on broth has just come out from Sally Fallon and Kayla Daniel uh, called Nourishing Broth, an Old Fashioned Remedy for a Modern World for the modern world. And it goes through many, many testimonies in here of how broth has affected people's lives. I can say right off the top that my own life and skin and hair and nails are all very healthy. My digestive tract has never been better. I use broth on a regular basis, obviously. Uh, but yeah, we've seen with our clients, some of the most important ones we've had are a client who was um, 
depleted from chemotherapy. And they began drinking our broth and literally said their blood counts in their white and red blood cells had never been better till after they started drinking the drinking our bone broth. And that was just one particular case. We've had people tell us that joints have healed up and been just the healing process is really promoted by bone broth in so many different ways, especially through the um, healing of the digestive tract. Um, another one of our great uh, testimonies is uh, we the kicker for the Chargers, Nick Novak. And he's been a client of ours. He's, he's kicking for the team right now, of course. And uh, uh, he's been using our product to heal his foot and his leg. And uh, I don't think he's – I think he's kicking pretty well right now. <laughs> I don't follow football, but he's been a good client, and he's got a good testimony for our product. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the great stories we have about it. Um, again, we saw the – we did have a lot of people as well. Just getting general comfort um, chemother- with the cancer patients. The chemotherapy really uh, takes people um, – pretty pretty hard and and it helps them just keep their you know it's such a comforting food it's so easy to digest because it's basically a nutrient-dense food that's that's uh full of uh these amino acid profiles and gelatin and the uh, protein as well that helps them really um feel better so yeah that's that's awesome and and i'll add my own testimonial that I mentioned on the blog before, but um, my son was born prematurely and had digestive issues for a lot of his early life and allergies and eczema and skin problems and behavior problems. And we used broth extensively as part of his uh, regenerating diet and using the GAPS protocol to help seal and heal his gut, as she says. And uh, it was just amazing the transformation he had. I want to give a little personal testimony as well. We, um, my wife and I are both um, a little bit older to say the least, but um, we, we did a preconception diet that included broth. And there is some information in this book as well um, for, you know, uh, preconception uh, during pregnancy as well. All the benefits that bone broth gives to the mom who is literally being stolen of, of nutrients. We ended up having a very healthy son who was also born prematurely. And one of his first foods was broth as well. And uh, Dylan is four and a half now, and he's pretty much got a really, really strong um, immune system. And uh, he's been, he's been, he's, uh, you know, he, he doesn't get sick when the other kids get sick in school. And he drinks his broth, and we get, of course, his other protocols, definitely on his cod liver oil right now and probiotics. So those three things are a tri- trifecta that really help help your health. Oh, for sure. Yeah, our children and well, my husband and I also take all of those every day. And that's a great point. I should have mentioned that as well, that we give bone broth as a first food for our babies because it um, really helps seal their gut lining. And babies naturally have a leaky gut and it's designed like that. They're supposed to because when they're nursing, the antibodies from their mother can pass through their gut into their bloodstream and they can develop natural immunity. But when you start giving them food, and especially if you would ever give them processed food, you don't want that passing through their gut and into their bloodstream. And broth is a great way to just help their body naturally seal that before you start giving them a wider variety of foods. And I we didn't know that with our first couple, unfortunately, but the, the younger kids who we did that with, it's just amazing that how much they're thriving and their immune systems are great and they're so muscular and healthy. Yeah, that's the same with Dylan. I could show you. I'll send you a picture for the blog of my incredible son and his body, and his teeth are amazing. 
you know, he's really got amazing teeth and smile, and he's, he's a handsome kid, to say the least, but that's my own. Well, that's awesome, and congratulations on on a healthy pregnancy at, at an older age. I know that's a big accomplishment in itself, and I know traditional cultures for years have used broth and other superfoods as a part of a preconception diet, so I love that you guys did that, and um, another thing that I think people don't often know about broth is that it's actually really beneficial for the body's detoxification pathways. So can you talk about how broth naturally helps the body flush out toxins and how it naturally builds the immune system? Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the thing with the broth is that those things you talk about are from the amino acid profiles that are in broth, the glycine, proline, the hydro, hydroproxyproline, the uh, lysine. Those are all important for detoxification. And I don't know, again, I always tell people at this point in the podcast, I'm not the scientist. I'm, the, I'm more of the chef. But those are the items that you literally people purchase to detox detox their bodies. This is naturally occurring from the extraction of the bones in the soup. And our process, Katie, we take we we have a 24-hour process to make our product. It starts with uh, cold water and apple cider vinegar. It comes to a simmer. We bring it up to a simmer. We we skim the we skim the initial skim off. We add our vegetables. Then we simmer at a low temperature for 18 hours. This is a product that has 60% feet to 40% backs, meaning you're getting a ton of those, you that collagen and gelatin. So um, that releases from the bones and the joints and it goes to support those areas. So in terms of detoxification, I mean, one of the main things you're trying to do in detoxification is heal your gut. And it's, it's kind of a synergistic thing, which is also mentioned in a beautiful book, but it works in conjunction with the other things that you're doing to help you maintain a, um, you know, you know, 80% of your immune system is located in your gut. So when you start healing that gut, you synergistically help everything else. And so that, to me, is the main key in detoxification and just promoting our, 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 our uh, trade. One of our trademarks is this smiley face. And the smiley face says, broth is good for you. It promotes a healthier you. In other words, it's not the silver bullet, so to speak, although Sally and Kayla mentioned in here a couple – it is a silver bullet for certain conditions, uh, meaning that's the one that's going to sort of pierce and help really push you over the edge to healing. Um, but it, it promotes so much healing in the gut that it promotes all the other wellness areas of your, of your body that you're trying to help. So it stimulates the immune system with uh, minerals. And uh, again, it's just uh, the joint support, uh, the collagen support, and those things like that. So there's all kinds of conditions it helps with as well that are listed, listed in here. So if you're fighting infectious disease, you know, it's been mentioned that uh, broth is Jewish penicillin, and there's good scientific reason behind that. I love Flues, that. Yeah, Jewish, and Jewish penicillin. I love that quote. That's so funny. Um, and actually, that brings up a good point. I would love for you to talk about the distinction between the broth that you make that is a very long, involved, traditional process and that has all these minerals and nutrients and things like glucosamine that support the joints compared to just the broth you would buy in a grocery store or that might be served in most hospitals or like a bouillon cube that you could just dissolve. What's the difference between those two? Uh, the big, the biggest difference, of course, is time and energy and really uh, the initial sourcing of the ingredients. You know, um, 
one of again I'll talk about our product our product is 100 percent organic we're going for organic certification meaning we don't have any gmos in our product our chickens are the chickens we use are sourced from mary's chicken in petaluma they're organic or higher and uh they're you know there's all stuff about them on their website typically when you get into a boxed broth basically you have a high a high heat fast cooked product that is that gets reduced down mostly to a powder and then they re-infuse it with water color sugar and other things even if it's organic quote free range broth for the most part again i don't know exactly how they get it in the box but they can get into a box and sell a quart for about two dollars and uh if you pour them out in the book here it even there's one page that says you know just pour a bone broth out or what they call chicken broth I'm putting that in quotations or, you know, uh, organic, free range, whatever they're calling it, beef broth. And it just, it's just water, basically. It's just basically flavored water that does help with soups and things. But in terms of the healing process, I mean, um, our product is, is handmade. Again, we have one kettle going to two, and we, we basically simmer the bones for 18 hours at about a, what Kayla Daniel calls a gurgle, um, a slight, slight simmer that allows upward upward convection in the broth. It's important. We can talk about stock pot and broth making on your own in a minute, but it's important for the release of all the uh, ingredients that are in the in the um, uh, bones and things. The marrow that comes out of the bones and the the electrolytes that come out of the vegetables and all those different things that we put in our product versus a you know, quickly made, get it out to the, you know, get it in a box that can sit on a shelf and uh, package broth that you get at the store or a bullion cube, of course, it's just, it's just there. Even with, you know, um, you can get good gelatin products in uh, form like that and there's Knox gelatin and different things that you, you know, the uh, Great Lakes gelatin and stuff, which I think is a really great thing. It's just not the beauty and the flavor and all the other components that you get out of a genuine bone broth. A liquid product so I hope that helps yeah that's great and I I completely echo what you say I think gelatin is awesome and it has its place isolated I, I know I use it to make things like organic marshmallows for my kids or homemade fruit snacks or homemade vitamins but it doesn't replace broth it complements it but it never replaces it um, and one thing I think a lot of people also get confused by is what is the difference between broth and stock because you see those terms used almost interchangeably but there is a difference can you talk about that Sure. Um, again, in most mostly stock, I would say is something you make in a kitchen. You know, for for producing soup. All the years I cooked professionally, we never called it broth. We always called it stock. And those were generally cooked a lot faster. They were made uh, cooked a lot faster, meaning like we would do chicken chicken bones in four hours. We would do uh, veal or beef bones in uh, about ten ten hours, and that would be it. You know, we basically were making a decent quality flavored liquid that we could use for, for making our chicken sauces, for making our um, beef sauces, our lamb sauces, our duck sauces, whatever we were doing. And, and again, Katie, fortunately for me, I was in a restaurant and my restaurant background came from a place that we actually did that. I was in European uh, style kitchens where we had stockpots going all the time. Uh, but that's not even that regular anymore in even regular restaurants, you know, for people to have stockpots going. It usually takes a European trained chef to be in there. So the difference when broth is basically meant to be eaten, 
uh, broth is something that you're going to add. It's usually, technically, it has more meat in it. Um, uh, and we use meaty bones, feet, and meaty, meaty backbones. And that would be a good, uh, a good way to start with the, with the biggest difference between stock and broth. And broth is something you're going to basically, like I said, you're going to consume that as a consumable product. Our broth is meant to be used in soups and stews, but can easily be consumed on its own just with a little pinch of salt or whatever you, you know, we have some recipes that we'll have out that you can, how you can use our product. And of course, this new book as well, I keep referring to it, is full of recipes and things you can do with your products and different broths you can make and things. But that's, that's the biggest one. Yeah, definitely. And one of my favorite, I'm a big fan of thinking outside the box. And um, my doctor, uh, Dr. Christensen, talks a lot about how um, the foods that we normally eat for breakfast are actually really horrible choices for breakfast that you actually don't want to consume a lot of carbohydrates in the morning. Um, they're better to consume at night as far as your cortisol patterns and all that. So one thing I have started doing that makes breakfast so easy again is to consume broth for breakfast with vegetables and meat in it and just make breakfast soup. And it's especially in the fall and winter is so satisfying and wakes you up and so much better than coffee. And it's so simple. You just have to kind of rethink the normal breakfast idea. And on that note, um, I would love for you to talk us through how, how the actual process of how a person can make broth. Cause I know, um, obviously you sell it and yours is delicious, but you're also a, a broth evangelist of sorts and you want people to get it in their lives however they can. And a lot of people may be able to make it in their own home. So can you talk us through that process and, and what you would need and how you would do it and, and how to accomplish it in your own kitchen? Absolutely. I love that term. Did you say broth evangelist or something? Yeah. Broth evangelist. Yeah. Broth evangelist. I like it. That's the first time I heard that. It's great. Yeah. You know, it is so true. I mean, making good broth at home is, again, it's just, it's a fairly simple process. Um, uh, it's it's just, you know, the so what you would do, I mean, again, you could talk about different broths. People talk about the benefit of fish broth and beef broth and other things like that. But, um, again, just sticking with the basic, like, chicken broth, you know, um, you know, you just get a whole chicken. The main thing, Katie, is to get a good sourced, uh, well-grown chicken. You know, if you can get locally grown chickens and you can ask the local farmer if you have them or they're there for feed and some backs or maybe save up some bones from some roasted chicken. Um, again, just try to get enough. The biggest thing people make is not enough bones for liquid, you know. So um, we literally use a pound of bones uh, per quart of liquid, you know. And, you know, so again, a whole chicken, just simply put it in a pot. Uh, again, the recipes are in this new book, Nourishing Broth, but, and there's recipes all on the internet. I love to put in carrots, celery, onions. Uh, they recommend an acid component like uh, apple cider vinegar. I always throw, our product contains a few lemons as well for flavor. Um, some bay leaves, peppercorns, thyme. These are all herbs that are generally put in the broth with parsley going in at the end. Um, again, you can quantify it or not, but the process would be to place them all in a pot, bring that pot to temperature, meaning you're gonna bring it up to a boil quickly. And I'll make a point here, if you're gonna use a slow cooker, which a lot of people do, I would recommend using a pot first. In other words, don't use the slow cooker to bring your broth to temperature. It's probably gonna take too long to get to that boiling point. So what you want to do is put all your ingredients in the pot, bring it to temperature, then transfer it to the slow cooker, and you'll have to adjust your slow cooker. Like I said, you don't really want a violent boil. 
you will want one for the first skim when that comes up, and then you skim that little stuff that comes to the top called the scum, and then you you know you let it simmer at that point for as long as you can let it simmer. I mean, people have different ideas of that. I like when I was making it at home and, and doing it in small batches. I just left it on my stove, and you know put a crack in the window and let it go overnight. And some people think it's dangerous, but I think it's I don't think I think if the electric stove for one, it wouldn't be for two. Even with a gas stove, it's not really as long as you have a window open, it's pretty safe. And um, you know, you just got to judge it on your own in your house. But point is, is you want to simmer that at a low temperature. Again, with chicken chicken meat, what I typically do if I'm using a whole chicken is take the uh, meat off the bone at about an hour uh, when the meat is cooked. So that could be used for chicken salads or things like that and then you leave the bones in there with the vegetables and let them simmer for anywhere from again 8 to 24 hours um, and you can test it a little bit from time to time the flavor um, test the test the, uh, the the gelatin by just leaving some in the ref- a small amount in the refrigerator for a couple of minutes and to see if it gels up if it's got the right gel in it then maybe you turn it off so it's all kind of like trial and error at that point um, with beef bones, beef is generally you want to use a grass-fed beef. That means the cows have been probably on pasture for anywhere from 18, as little as 18 to as much as three years on pasture. That means those bones are going to be a lot harder to get the minerals out of. So you'll probably need to simmer those from 24 to 48 hours. And again, that's probably going to be the, that's where the slow cooker would come in really handy. And one key to note as well is get those bones as small as you can. If your butcher can cut them small or you can get them cut down because that gives it more surface space to release more of those uh, nutrients into your broth. Um, A lot of recipes don't have vegetables in them. I like putting vegetables in the broth. It tastes really good. I think the flavor profiles are there. It releases a lot of stuff out of the vegetables. Some people have you put the vegetables in at the end. Again, I just do it the way I do it, and I, I've done it that way for many years with a lot of success. So you want to add – and then you strain it. The process would be to cool the product down quickly, which means you need to um, be prepared for that. You're going to strain it through a chinois or a fine mesh strainer of some kind um, into some glass or stainless steel containers that are long and, and shallow so the broth can cool quickly. And then you want to transfer it into containers that you can have in the refrigerator or the freezer. So that's kind of the whole process. And, um, you know, it is trial and error. Each home is different. Each, you know, uh, the chickens are different. I would say one of the keys would be, you know, the more the merrier when it comes to bones. You know, I mean, you want to make the right amount for the amount of, you want to make enough broth for the bones you have, but people, the always question is, my broth didn't gel, you know, and uh, I would say, don't worry about it, drink the broth anyway, it's going to have lots of good stuff in it, next time just use a little less water or a little more bones, and a little, and the temperature too, it needs to be a slow gurgle, as, uh, as, as we've been told. Yeah, that's so. really helpful, I know in the beginning, I don't think I was using enough bones and I was definitely afraid of chicken feet when I first started making broth because just the idea of it I was raised in the city and I had to get over that um and it really does take some trial and error but broth especially when you have that that right gelling component in it I found uh from researching that it's really high in amino acids that we don't get enough of like proline and glycine absolutely yeah and those are calming calming amino acids and so I noticed as a mom that my kids are much more calm and still energetic, but that they're behaviorally more calm and more focused when they're regularly consuming broth. So it's pretty much always in our kitchen in some form. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say too, you know, we have two products at the, at the brothery.com and a lot of people ask us the difference. We call one of our products is uh, called Two Hour Meat Stock. And that is literally the, the broth for the GAPS protocol phase one. And again, we, you know, it's always encouraged to make your own broth, but we do find that most people just don't want to take the time to do it. And they, they, it's a high impact society. People are rushing here, rushing there. And you know, one of the great things about broth, if you can get it into your into your protocol, is it does help you think about things, slow down, enjoy life. You know, make this beautiful product, infuse your own energy into it. Anyway, back to the two hour product. The two hour product is um, we call it meat stock. And again, we don't, we just don't, we we just can't use the term gap because we're not, you know, authorized to use it. But it is for the GAPS Phase 1 protocol, and it's a two-hour stock that has less glutamic acid in it. So less glutamine, um, which is what can, uh, in the GAP protocol, can somewhat irritate that overly, uh, the deeply compromised gut that you're trying to heal, you know, and that symptoms from that, from that particular protocol is being, that's being prescribed. So we have that product, and um, it's a lighter in color. It does add salt I would say that our regular broth does not have any salt in it um, and we do that for many reasons but mostly that people can just add a pinch of sea salt to their cup of broth or to when they use it we didn't want to put it in there for people that are salt restricted and with the gaps product we, there is a, it does have a small amount of salt in there so yeah and that is um, I wish I had known about yours when we were doing it although it might have been before actually you guys were producing that type of product but um, we use just a meat stock like that at the beginning of the, the GAPS protocol. And that's, I mean, largely all you're consuming for a little while. Um, and it did, it really made a difference for him, uh, for our son, and, and then being able to transition to full broth. And he did great with it. Um, so that's the great thing about the GAPS intro. It's not forever. It's for a very short time. And then you're able to start using full, full-blown broth again. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. So since you are uh, a, a classically trained chef, I would love to hear you talk about some of the ways that you use broth. Because I typically default to just soup or just drinking it because that's the easiest way. But I know that there are literally thousands of uses that chefs will use it for in a traditional kitchen. So talk about some of the ways you can incorporate it, especially maybe for moms who have a child who's not jumping up and down about drinking it. How can we use it in foods instead? Well, well, one thing I will say to you just on the child, my son, he did not like to drink it but he loved to eat it out of the jar so he would simply put his put it you know the gelatin was real exciting to him so we'd say hey do you want some gelatin yeah and he'd stick a spoon in there and eat it but yeah there's so many different ways to use broth i mean again simplest way she heated up cup of soup we i've been finding lately just adding some different ingredients to it um we especially love adding like coconut milk or co- uh, coconut fat um using like a coconut butter um, to stir in there. Again, it's still just basically a cup of soup. Um, like you said, of course, many soups. And then you get to things like braises and roasts and vegetables and rice, grains, legumes. So when you're talking about wanting to incorporate, say, you, you know, you, if you're on a grain-free diet or not, I mean, we can, um, you know, the West End probably certainly isn't a grain-free diet, but it definitely um, encourages you to cook grains with your bone broth. So again, so you're, it's going to add the digestibility, the flavor, the nutrition profile, uh, everything about cooking grains and broth is amazing. Um, and then you, you get like your bean cookery. If you're using black beans, white beans, lentils, uh, making 
uh, those type of dishes. You can cook those beans in broth, and that broth becomes, again, aids in digestion um, and the digestibility of those grains, because that seems to be one of the arguments against grains and beans is their digestibility. But if you soak them properly and then cook them in broth, it really helps and adds some really good um, fiber and other things that those have for your diet. Then there's what we call a braise. And braising is simply taking like your chicken or your beef. Um, and it's similar to a stew. It's a little bit different than a stew. but And then you would simply like, for instance, when I make Brussels sprouts, I love to use Brussels sprouts, and I'll use a really good quality bacon, some onions, get those Brussels sprouts going, add a cup and a cup and a half of broth, and then that broth just kind of soaks in, and we kind of put the lid on the top, slowly cooking the Brussels sprouts till it's all absorbed in there, and when you make a braise, all the nutrients are packed into whatever you eat there. It doesn't escape the pot. So braising vegetables is a really good way to use broth. Um, if you have to reheat your food, say you're, you know, most people like to, they they can't cook every day, so they might make a dish that they need to eat two or three times during the week. Um, adding some broth to that when you put it in the pot to reheat it, you know, um, you you make a pot of rice and then you add a half a cup of broth. Um, like you said for breakfast lately, I've been doing the same thing. I just like, wow, there's some cold chicken, there's some there's some carrots, there's some broccoli. Put a cup of broth on, throw it into the pot simmer it up, pour it in my cup, and that's breakfast, you know. Uh, another great way to use broth. Um, making it a stew, again, we're getting into winter season. It's a little colder um, around the country. People are thinking more about these foods. Uh, simmering a squash, like butternut squash. Again, you're going to make butternut squash super again, make a braise out of it, and then um, a stew. We are, we're going to be releasing some videos with this uh, summit coming up called the Digestion Sessions, and I made a the paleo one pot chicken, chicken, uh, Thai chicken soup, you know, and it was just basically a chicken thigh braised with coconut milk and chicken broth and some Thai style flavors and vegetables. And uh, just a great way to incorporate broth into your diet. Yeah, that helps. those are great ideas. Thank you. Yeah, those are excellent. Um, and one thing I know a lot of moms may be wondering, uh, I know I was part of the generation that got really uh, drilled into us about food safety and making sure things are you know, put in the fridge right away and not leaving anything out. So for people wondering, how are you able to ship this um, around the country safely? I would love to hear about that process as well. Sure. Well, first of all, we do take the product down from, uh, from the kettle to the freezer in about three hours. So we, we have a way of just spreading it out and putting it in these big stainless steel pans and cool it really quickly. So when we pack the broth, we, you know, we freeze it in these containers and uh, it's frozen at about you know, minus five or so, which is the, the proper temperature. And then we ship it. We, we use an insulated container, um, you know, uh, the best ones we can get. Um, we pack it with ice packs and dry ice and uh, seal it up good and uh, set it. We, the only way we can afford to do it right now is FedEx ground. And uh, it takes about four days to get to the East Coast. And uh, we've had about almost 100% satisfaction over the last – we've had 100% satisfaction overall. But meaning, um, you know, once in a while FedEx will – basically every time it doesn't make it is when FedEx doesn't deliver the product. But, yeah, that's how it stays safe. There's dry ice in there. If the product is uh, even slightly defrosted, it's still safe because that means it's at 32 degrees or less um, and uh, makes it safely around the country all the time. Anyone in California, West Coast, we, we've never had any issues up up to a three-day shipment, in, in, even in Texas. So 
Texas, where you are in Kentucky, that's like a three-day shipment. So it gets there cold and frozen. Yeah, that's awesome. And another thing I would love for you to clarify for people is what's a good rule of thumb about how much broth we should consume daily? I know um, I've seen benefits from adding even just a couple cups a day, but what's a good rule of thumb of how much we should drink? Yeah, again, you know, I'll go right to this, right to the experts, Kayla and Sally. They're saying about a cup a day um, for average people who are just trying to improve their health. Uh, as we like to say, optima, optimizing their health and the benefits of uh, eating nutrient dense foods. Um, again, a lot of the protocol, a lot of the uh, articles in here are, you know, you're combining fermented foods from uh, eating whole foods, eating vegetables, eating pasture raised meats, uh, pasture raised poultry, wild fish if you're going to eat fish. Um, you know, organically grown vegetables, locally sourced items. Um, so yeah, so bone broth, again, if you're working with a naturopathic doctor or a chiropractor or someone who is an expert, then you really want to go with what their protocol is. They may say, yeah, you need two to three cups a day right now. Um, that's what's going to really help you get well faster. Um, and a lot of them times we say, you know, four servings, six ounces per in each container and, you know, uh, six ounces per serving and try to drink one in the morning and one at night. We, again, you say it's calming, which it is. And um, there's, there's ingredients in that that help you relax a little bit. It's a comfort food. So I think the way we've been talking about it, morning and night is a great time to drink it. If you have it before or with your meal, you know, uh, Francis Pottinger talked about uh, broth being hydrophilic in nature. And that means it just helps to uh, attract the uh, helps you digest the proteins that you're in the cooked proteins that you're in uh, digesting um, that's what broth does so yeah so broth with your meal at night is a great idea or as your meal with vegetables and meat in it or whatever and um, you know we like I said I do this digestion session video and we added you know coconut cream which is a concentrate and then we added uh, a little slice of lemon and a little mint and some cayenne pepper and a little bit of uh, mint cayenne pepper and it really made a beautiful beautiful flavor and allowed uh, all those items were all helped promote digestion so that sounds delicious yeah it is good well I want to respect your time and everyone listening's time so we're getting toward the end but I have a few questions that I ask um, everybody who comes on the podcast and I'd love to hear your answers and the sure. first one is, um, when it comes to health or life or any aspect, what is some advice you wish you had gotten earlier in life? Uh, I guess earlier in life, um, probably, I think exercise would be the most thing. I think that's been the biggest key lately in my life is that I, I didn't exercise for a while. Didn't think it was necessary. And I think exercise is probably, uh, the key, one of the keys to good health. Um, regular walking, whether it just be walking, swimming, you know, uh, jogging, whatever your whatever your passion is. Mine is yoga and golf and things like that. But you know, just getting out there and being patient. And also, uh, my 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 um, you know my trademark love is the ultimate spice. You know, if you're in a situation, um, I was you know uh, past life situation wasn't uh, optimum. But uh, when I discovered to see everything through the eyes of love, my whole life changed. You know. And uh, so we, we put love in the food, we put, we put love energy in the food, and, and we, we coined the term and own the, own the phrase, love is the ultimate spice. So. 
Those are both great. Yeah, thank you so much. And sure. another I ask, and I can make a guess as to what you're going to say, but what is a, a great resource that you've come across that you'd want others to, you know, to share with others that you thought has been really valuable to you? Great resource. Um, again, I'm going to say the Weston A. Price Foundation and and these this idea of eating real food. I mean, we are in a real food movement, uh, real food movement, Katie, and we are fighting an uphill battle. I mean, we, I just go to the grocery store. It's just sad you know, to see what people are buying and ingesting. And, uh, you know, that, that's a great resource, um, to, to have around, find yourself a great place that you can meditate and, and, you know, seek out a higher, higher purpose in life. You know, that's going to be different for everybody in a different place. Don't have any, uh, thing to preach about there, but just, you know, find a place where you can, where you can really, uh, find yourself and, and love yourself to the point that you can help others, you know? Definitely. And then lastly, uh, for someone maybe who's listening and realizing they do need to start incorporating bone broth into their life, uh, but the idea just seems overwhelming. What are some simple quick start steps to start doing that without, without being so overwhelmed? Well, you know, um, again, it's just going to be one of those like priority things, you know, and uh, Paul Check, my mentor, would say, you know, people don't make food, the fuel they're putting in their body, a priority. You know, you got to change your priorities. You know, what is your priority in life? To make money and get the next text and be on the next Facebook post? Or is it to, you know, be centered, be healthy? Health is the new wealth, as Paul Check would say. And, you know, to, uh, to prioritize food and energy, the energy of food that goes into your life, into your body, you know. So I would say um, making that a priority. And um, again, we have a product that we sell and ship, not to just keep promoting it, but you know that's uh, what a lot of people have told us, Katie. They, are, they love broth, they believe in broth, and they just don't want to make it. So you know, we have a great resource there, and um, not to be so, but that would be one thing you can do. And uh, just yeah, make your health a priority. Excellent. And I know um, I created a link, which is wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash broth, which is going to um, link to some resources, especially your site, where they can find broth if they do want to purchase it. But please tell everybody listening where they can find you and where they can find your products. Sure. I am uh, on, the, on the web at theflavorchef.com. Um, we have our shipping site, and we're moving all our information over there right now to uh, the uh, – the brothery.com and lastly if you listen to this last part we are going to be uh, starting I to mention the Kickstarter but to raise some money but yeah those two places where you can find our product and our information and of course on Facebook at the Flavor Chef and uh, those would be the three I would say would be the easiest way to get a hold of us awesome and I'll make sure to link to all of that in the show notes as well as to the new book um, out about broth so that people can find that as well yes um, absolutely but thank you so much for your time and for being here and for, for being so passionate about broth and traditional food and spreading the word and for all the time that you put into making broth for so many people. We do. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so much. Thanks. And thanks to all of you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wellness Mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. If you would like to get my seven simple steps for healthier families guide for free, head on over to wellnessmama.com and enter your email and I'll send it over to you right away. You can also stay in touch on social media 
facebook.com forward slash endless wellness or on Twitter and Instagram at wellness mama. And I would also really appreciate it if you would take a second and subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you've ever benefited from something I talked about on this podcast, I would be really appreciative if you would leave a rating or review since that's how others are able to find this podcast and so we can help spread the message. Thanks as always for listening and for reading and for being on board with creating a future for our children that's healthier and happier. And until next time, have a healthy week.